Welcome, folks, to the latest episode of Podcast. Uh, as, uh, as always, I'm Wayne, and I have these two ghouls with me. I'm Kim. Um, I'm Jill. Happy <laughs> <laughs> harvest, because we don't do pagan things here. Uh, you might not, but I totally <laughs> do. <laughs> oh, wait, no, wait, we totally do, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's the spooky season, and, and hopefully, I mean, I think, I think we're going to have we're going to have another podcast, obviously, before Halloween, hopefully. And we will definitely have another episode of Sorcery Shenanigans before Halloween. But, uh, yeah, it is it is the spooky season is finally in full effect, I think, because I think we, we were being surprised by the fact that it's the global warming effect has kicked in for everyone. And it's like, it's it. where's the fucking autumn? Only today I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, co- I can put on a woolly hat today and not sweat my hole off. Although, although this morning I had that moment of it was it was fucking four degrees when I was leaving the gas. And then by the time I was coming out of the office at lunchtime, it was like 14 degrees. So whatever I used to bundle up this morning, I was sweating this afternoon. So it's still in that weird kind of is it autumn? Is it winter phase minute? Um, yeah. But I'm I am so glad the twenty something degrees that we had uh, last week uh, in the last week I'm like fuck off it's October. It's like, so weird. Seriously. The other thing is we're three sowny ass bastards, so we it are. could really be thirty five degrees and we'd be uh, uh, wearing snoods and telling everyone to stop talking about Christmas. Yep. But yeah. Oh, we're not. You're not allowed to mention the c word no. in my house until no. the first of December. Ghouls before you, motherfuckers. Um, yeah. So, in the grand tradition of, of the season, yes, we are going to, I think there's going to be some horror topics coming up because there's been some stuff that's actually happened in the last 24 hours that has gotten some traction even on the podcast social media that I posted. I posted on Facebook of all things mm. that there was this back and forth about who was buying the rights to the Halloween franchise. Mm. Right? Because they mm. went up. So, Bloomhouse they made their movies, they made their trilogy, they made one good film. They made one good film still. and then they made... Yeah, I think it's still his mic on her Sorry. hair or something like that. Or, oh, yeah, it's all, good. it's all good. Sorry. Um, it's okay. They made one good film and then they made the two sequels, which are shot. But the main movie still made millions. So now the franchise was being sold off. So Miramax have picked it up. Them um, boys, are they still going? They're still going, even Despite you know Harvey. Har- Harvey is, yeah, Harvey is uh, still locked away for being an absolute scumbag. But Miramax right. themselves are like I think they're linked in with Paramount now because Paramount have all the rights to all the Scream films and they were Miramax releases. Mm-hmm. So um, right. yeah, it's it's a bit of a mad one. But they have bought up. It's a strange one. They bought up the TV rights for a, the Halloween franchise, but there's another crowd involved with them. I think it's that it begins with a T, and I will bring up, I will mute my phone, and then I will bring up the article uh, because I was reading it earlier on um, about basically it's on Bloody Disgusting. Uh, the website Bloody Disgusting was saying we're right. posting about it, and they kind of confirmed everywhere else was like A24 was was in the running, which would yeah, have been they're interesting. They're just going to say that about everybody. <laughs> A24 <laughs> are going to get mentioned in any movie article. For yeah. the most tenuous of reasons, because they're so hot right yeah. now. Yeah, so, so hot right now. Um, but it's it's like it's like okay, fair enough. But no, Chris Duck actually from the 
um, from the podcast Macab, a good friend of the show. Uh, he he sent me on the link. Um, so Halloween, Halloween, Miramax slashes into the TV rights to the franchise. This is on bloodydisgusting.com. Mm-hmm. And they mentioned that um, that Miramax, the head of Miramax's head of global TV, Mark Helwig, uh, is talking about that with Trancast. Apparently, Trancast are a group that are looking at integrated film and TV universe. So Ooh. movies and TV. And the consensus seems to be from the fan base that drop Michael Myers, bring in an anthology series about Halloween of all different spooky stories set around the idea. Funnily enough, that's what they tried to do. Oh. Oh. oh sorry. <laughs> Who's clicking the Sorry, sorry. I was, I, you were talking and I was like, oh, what I'm doing doesn't make any difference. Never mind. Are you looking at what I'm looking at? Yeah, it's like, it's uh, so our recording feed now has gone all over the gap because I'm now have to reset the cameras. <laughs> oh my so, God, I'm so sorry. I'm so, so sorry. So, clearly Jill was not interested in anything we were talking about. I was, I was listening, but I was like, how can I, how can I fucking make this view better for me? And I was like, oh, what are, what are these things? Not used to it. And I'm like, wait, I'll keep talking and I'll listen. And then I'm like, what I do is not going to make any difference to those two jabronis. And um, no, no, Skype does not abide by the same rules as Zoom. Why would it do that? If somebody's currently playing some jizz in the corner, this is cool. I really like it. I, but I went back to the thing that I was doing. Sorry. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, <laughs> hang on. This is together mode. I love this. What is, I can't even see it anymore. I don't know what the fuck I did. <laughs> Oh, there it is. Jill is amazing. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Are <laughs> 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 See, oh, I at God. least put us in a bar. <laughs> You did. Uh, yeah, that's you something. That's something. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Fucking technology. I hate you. Sorry, Wayne. I know I'm a dickhead. These things, these things happen. It's um, not okay. So what happened was, oh folks, God, that was so we, funny. we decided to switch from Zoom because Zoom recording, because they're all of their AI stealing your content algorithmy bullshit. Yeah. Noise. So yeah. we went back to old faithful Skype and that's what's happened here. But now I'm readjusting the camera. Sorry. So, so we just it doesn't matter. Yeah, well, but genuinely, that. that was so nice. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I also, but I genuinely thought I was like, oh, whatever I do won't make any difference to those two. Temporarily, Not my brain case. chemistry just went with it. Like, it, like you know, my body pillow was my girlfriend. I was with you guys. It was amazing. Uh, for uh, for anyone who's listening to the podcast, they completely missed that. But everyone's watching us on YouTube. You saw a smorgasbord of of technical malarkey going on. There. So yeah, oh brilliant! And it's all jail fault. Anyway, <laughs> anyway back, back to Halloween and A twenty four or not? Yeah. Or not? And so the, the Roy the, Cinematic Universe is that what we're looking at, Wayne? The Roy the Roy Cinematic Universe. Yeah. So it's it's a case of. Um, it's funny enough, they're kind. I think I'm hoping the fan base is hoping that they're going to do what they tried to do Halloween Tree Season of the Witch, where they said, Right, two two movies about Michael Myers done and dusted. That's grand. Let's try something else. But no, the fan base 
revolted and were like, no, we want more Michael Myers. So then they brought back Michael Myers and then started to try and weave in uh, a couple of different extra bits into the story, with the, the curse, the, the cult of Thorn and all these different things. So I think the fans are tired of, of these type of long-winded franchises that are kind yeah. of dragging out the same thing. Like it's the fourth, yeah. if they make another Halloween film with Michael Myers, in total, I think that will be 13 Michael Myers Halloween movies. Fuck. Yeah, that's a lot. And, and how many of them would you certify as fresh, Wayne? One and three? Um, one and three. Two gets a lot of love, but two is actually, if you go back and watch two. Oh, two one, one and three, not one in three? No. no not See, that's the thing. Three now has a huge following because of just like how different it is, but also Tom Atkins. Tom Atkins. And it's it's the first Halloween movie where they pronounce sound correctly because they get Dan or Hurley to pronounce it and he's a proper Irishman. So he can say it right. And it's based on the Celtic lore. So they actually talk about how the you know the old ways they used to sacrifice people and it was sour and they had they have these standing stones in the movie where they're siphoning energy off so they gave it a bit of a go like they tried to yeah, take right. in the old ideas so and the whole idea with the melting masks as well was fantastic with all the snakes and shit coming out that was cool like and it was so different to what had come before and funnily I enough only, they make they go on I, I only watched it because of the podcast Halloween special. That talked so glowingly about it. Yeah, yeah, no, and like we we did because it's it is like it's now seen as a cult classic. It's it re mm. it found its fan base. It was just back at the time, like Michael Myers, that, that that Halloween franchise. At that point, they like the first one and the second one. At least, like the second one wasn't just a rehash of the first one. It was literally a direct sequel. It went straight on the yeah. same night. It just rolled into. What happened into the next day, like with Laurie Strode. My issue with the second one is it's more about loud noises than the the shape. It's le- it's not about the, the the shape and the shadows, and he could be anywhere. In the second he's one, menace, turns into, yeah, yeah, he's a menace in the hospital, and he like yes, there's some interesting kills. Like he boils a nurse in a, a vat of something. I can't remember what it is, whether it's a sauna or something. But he literally just takes her head first and dunks her in and melts her. Um, but that's where it gets like to that point where it starts to kind of go overboard with the craziness. But I've seen that in the cinema and it's more about the loud noises um, in that ro- in that movie than it is about the kind of the stalking menace that is building and building and building like the first one. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, so let's see where Miramax taken, I guess, and see what, what they do. I mean, it's a big, big studio. It's not A24. Well, A24 although have become in themselves a big studio. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we'll see where it goes. I mean, what do you like? The, the Derek Kyo did. There was a, we actually got a, quite a few comments on the on the post on on the Facebook page and the full page, like giving people saying, "Oh, what about this? What about this?" And Derek Kyo did say, "Well, I'd like to hear what the podcast crew think. They should where they should take it as a franchise." So, I mean, I'm for the anthology based on. Bring in some mythology, bring in some kind of individual stories based on Halloween. So, what do you two ladies think? There's so much ancient lore uh, that hasn't been mined fully. And uh, there's always a take to be had. Um, I think if you have the safety of the name, you can either be hamstrung by it or or know that you've got an inbuilt audience and really try something like like uh, the third one. 
But uh, yeah, I'm not a creative and I would not want to be in that chair making those decisions because people are going to get mad. But, you know. Jill? Nerds, nerds be crazy out. Halloween is one of those franchises that I'm just like, whatever. That, that feel like <laughs> yeah. first film, Jesus Also, Christ. I saw a trailer for an alternative A24 project that I'm much more interested in watching. Um, it is called The Iron Claw, and it is starring oh, Jeremy know. Allen White. Yes. And Zac, e- and Zac Efron and it is about the, the wrestling family uh, in WWE was it WCW or WWE yeah. WWE at the time okay. anyway yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but I, I was watching the trailer there the other night and I'm like oh, I'm gonna watch the shit out of that Jill it's gonna um, be like it's it's most, gonna be like Niagara Falls as well but it's also it's gonna be the most depressing fucking thing in the world but there's no way I'm not gonna watch it <laughs> exactly also <laughs> But the real story. The you're real a mark. Story, you're so. a mark for Carmi as well. Your, so. your microphone's peaking. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I am a mark. But but that story, like the guy yeah. literally threw wave after wave of his own sons at them. Do you know what yep. I mean? Yeah. Oh, Van er- Van Eriks. Van Eriks. Van. Her- what were they called? Ye- so many people are yelling at me right now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, I have no clue. I have no clue. This is, is this that, is one of the oh effect. Wayne, Wayne. This story is so sad. Father was a wrestler, and uh, he basically forced all the sons into it. And it was in the days of, oh, are you hurt? Take more steroids. Oh, are you hurt? Take yeah. more painkillers. Uh, yeah, yeah. And they like they they disfigured themselves. They had no spoilers for how many of them live. <laughs> so, so Zach Efron and Jeremy Allen. Uh, white are two of the of the they look incredible like they really the haircuts and the roidy yeah yeah and everything yeah like oh god oh it's gonna be so fucking miserable but beautifully made but also beautifully made because it's a24 um but sorry back to the that was a tangent um back to the halloween uh franchise yeah i'll 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 probably check in and see what it's all about, but I don't have the attachment to those movies, certainly, that you have, Wayne, um, or other fans would have. And me, Jill, like, that that film was one of the few scary movies that we were allowed to watch, and I don't know why my mother thought that was fine, because I was was a babysitter. Yeah. (laughs) At at (laughs) houses where random things could happen. And um, just the just the just the street. It's just the street. Just things are happening on the street, and uh, messages aren't getting out there. And oh god, and the characters, the actors are so it's unreal. The the menace, the sheer menace. I put on. I made a Halloween playlist, and I put it on um, last year. And Patrick commanded me to turn the Halloween theme off. It was like really? one p.m. in the bright sunlight. He's like, "Can you turn it off?" Like the first scary as fuck. The first Halloween movie I saw was Halloween H two O. Oh God! So you had you were immunized to it at that point. <laughs> and like I, I think I went. I think I watched it with a group of mates, but it was like everybody was like, "Oh, this is going to be terrible." Like you know, the the right. old ones are better, but you we're all going to watch it anyway. 
and I watched it. It was like, okay, whatever. Um, and I suppose I never developed the grow that uh, that yeah. other people have. Yeah. I mean, like, there's <clears throat> think about it is is now horror is big money, big big money, and like there's been a slew of slew of movies out of Hollywood you know in recent years all the ones produced by James Wan are produced from the producers of Insidious from the producers of The Conjuring and they're generally just run-of-the-mill pap that like don't really tax you much and the general great unwashed will go see them and that'll be their Halloween viewing like you know Mm -hmm. um but there have been some really standout horror films in the last couple of years and I have to say the first this summer as well this was yeah yeah, yeah, they, like they seem to have been released kind of at weird points throughout the year, and uh, I think it's it's less and less to do with cinema, and more to do with streaming services, or mm. even coming out for festivals as well. Because the horror festivals are back on mass now that like things are opened back up again. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there was even the big one. I, I I keep thinking it was last year, but I think it was earlier this year. Could have been April this year. Was Evil Dead Rise, which was like like the it's one of. I can't even remember how many fucking Evil Dead films have there been now. There's been five, mm. and that's the fifth one in the series. And it's it was considered to be one of the best, if not standing right up there with Evil Dead Two. People love um, to have watched it. Hmm. Um. There's also a couple. Just looking at my list here of films that I have list lined up to watch this year for Halloween. Um. There's a fuck of them. Fuck on them. Um. There is. There's one in particular I want to see called Infinity Pool. Um, oh yeah, I was reading about that. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's an interesting one, and uh, it has uh, Alexander Skarsgård and Mia Goth, who is like the she is now. Know. Yeah, it's like Mia Goth is now become in a very short period of time has become a full on new scream queen. Yes, with the likes of X and Pearl. Yeah, that type of stuff. And Infinity Pool now is another one, and it's like it's just one of these films I don't really want to say anything about. You yeah. just kind of have to go in cold, and I haven't told Irene anything about it. And I'm going to put it, pop it on one of the nights. We'll have a bottle of wine or a tree, a tree bottle or a tree of wine, right. and we'll, <laughs> we'll just see how. Because see, I can get her with this movie because I just tell her that Alexander Skarsgård is in it, gotcha. and she's like, "Grant, lovely," because she thinks she's going to get to see the V. And she's in the same know, camp as me when it comes to Alexander Skarsgård. It's all about the V. So you know. Um, We'll, we'll see if that if he shows the V. Apparently, it's about Infinity Pool, so there's a very good chance he's naked in it at some point. Um, like there's, there's other ones. Like there was one there. Um, what was it? There's an alien one out. That's actually on Disney Plus of all places. But um, oh. what's it called? It's like there's uh, no one. No one will save you. It's an alien abduction movie, okay. which we haven't yeah. had in a very long time. Mm. Um, a good old alien abduction film, and I'm like, yeah, I'm all for that. You know. Um, there's another one that's coming out on Shudder on the 27th of October. And I think I saw the trailer for it. Um, Can you say the name of that station again in your Dublin accent? Shudder. 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 Oh, it's a complete tangent, right? So, Amelia has now obviously is in school and she's mixing with all the other kids and she's, you know, picking up different things. And she was in the car there yesterday. And Amelia's very well spoken because look who her mother is, like you know, yeah. and she'll she'll you know P's and Q's, uh, T's and Q's, or whatever the hell that phrase is, you know, she she pronounces everything. She minds them, yes. 
all full on. In the car, yes, and she goes, oh, look, Mammy, in this book, it has a pattern. <laughs> I can picture Irene's face. Irene's face. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. A pattern. Pattern. It has a pattern. And Irene just was like, turned around and slowly to look at her, it was like, pattern. 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 Yes, mommy. Pattern. But literally the Dublinese just jumped out of our child. Pattern. And it was like pattern. Pattern. So yeah. So there you go. Um so this one that's on I kind of I have to go on to TikTok to find it because I saved it because I've seen the trailer for it and I was like, okay. But I did save it now. I just need to find where the fuck I saved it to. Because I'm forever saving things on TikTok now just to remind myself about them later. Because I've gotten to that stage of life. I can't remember shit. Because um, we're old. No, because he's on TikTok. Uh, <laughs> he's on TikTok. <laughs> so there's this. Uh, it's a. Uh, it's gone. I can't find it. I did find this though. And I don't know if you can see it on the thing. It is oh, yeah. a seagull. A seagull that swallowed the starfish. It looks like it's from Cthulhu. It does. Because it hasn't wow. eaten the starfish. Yeah. It's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Apologies for our audio listeners. You're missing all of this. Um, I can't find it anyway. I, can't, I don't know where this is. I, I have to go through my TikTok saves. But anyway, so this horror movie, it's on Shudder on the 27th of October. And, oh, hang on. Here we go. No, that's not it. It's a, It looks like it's a something like day... Oh, I can't, yeah. It begins with a T, right? Yeah. And it's it's this the the one clip I saw of it. It's fantastic. It's about this. The clip I saw was a young boy's body, a dead child, and it's sitting at a table in the family house, eating a breakfast. And it's just there's no like when I seen it's a dead body. It is a full dead body, like as in it's like decomposed. The works like it looks fantastic, but right. it starts to speak in this like. Oh wispy voice like you know giving answers to questions and stuff and just from that clip alone I was like I'm in I'm in just all in give me that I'll have that thanks very much I'm kind of and I don't know how you ladies feel about this um, but I'm obviously I'm older than both of you but as I as the older I get as I go along in life I find myself more drawn to spooky horror rather than gory horror I was I, I was never a massive fan of gory horror anyway mm. um, despite the fact that I play Wayne's D&D games um, but uh, <laughs> I, I was never, I never really, I, I looked away from the screen with a lot of the gore. Um, I like gore when it's in action. Sure. Mm. Like the, the, the boys and, you know, Korean cinema, just if something, if a person explodes, I want to see body parts, but I am more afraid of being followed around for an yeah. evening than just get my head exploded immediately. So I, you know, um, should be blessing sometimes. But uh, it's, is it, is it, um, is it Talk To Me, Wayne? Is it the one that the YouTube no, made? Talk no. To Me is another one. It's called, the movie is called When Evil Lurks. I just found it. When In evil. a remote village. That's a shit, brothers. It is. But it's, it's yeah. I think it's, it's, it's an English translation, translation. I think. So. No, that explains a, it. In a remote village, two brothers find a demon-infected man just about to give birth to evil itself. So uh, 
They decide to get rid of the man, but merely succeed in spreading the chaos. Is it Farden, is it? I think it is. I think it's, uh, I think it's, you see now, it looks like it is Italian. Let me see. We confirm, we confirm where it's been shot. Does not say. But like know. all the reviews, all the reviews on like, I, my horror movie of the year. Okay. I haven't seen anything this good since Hereditary. Oh, so I mean, it's it's getting good write-ups, but that's one to look at. So it's called When Evil Lurks. I have that on my list. It's coming up on Shudder uh, on the twenty seventh of October, so just in time for Halloween. Um, and like, yeah, it's up there. But no, the other one, talk to me. That's another one that's meant to be very, very good. Yeah. Um. So when evil lurks, and it's meant to have some mm. nice creepy things. Um, when evil lurks. There's me watching shit like Wendland Wilde the other night for Halloween. What? Yeah. What's Wendell and Wilde. It's on Netflix. It's the um, Jordan Peele animated movie about a kid <laughs> who uh, becomes a... What is, what is the, the term they give her when she's like... She basically... She, she commands demons. Uh, and the two demons are voiced by Jordan Peele and Keenan Michael Key. Oh, for fuck's um, sake. Yes, please. And it's it's very like the animation. Actually, the director is not uh, spooky. What's his face from uh, Nightmare on Elm Street? It's the other guy who directed Nightmare on Elm Street, not Tim Burton. The other guy. Beth Craven. Uh, Selick. Selick. Tom. Uh, Henry Selick, not Tom Selick. Oh, um, sorry. And you mean Nightmare Before Christmas? Nightmare yes. Christmas. What did I say? I nearly oh, phrased that Nightmare on Elm Street. I did. I think she sorry. did, but I understood what she was talking. She knew about. what I meant. Yes. Yeah. So it. it you're right. It's it's uh, Henry Zellick. Um And yeah, every, uh, every time people say Tim Burton directed that movie, I do the eye to it. Yeah, and and it's like it's his name yeah. on it. It's, it was Henry did all the hard work. But it's there. There are parts of the movie that I'm like, is that just a weird edit? Did I miss something in the story? But overall, it's it's good crack and it's a bit of a romp. And also, if you like this stylization of A Nightmare Before Christmas, you like Wendell and Wild. Okay. Um, also, the lead is a badass uh, 13 year old girl and she's awesome that's cool yeah it's it's on, it's on the list of something I want to show Amelia when she's a little bit older um, yeah she's just that little bit too young for it I think yeah uh, at the minute 100%. but um, is but Pat still too young for Stranger Things do you think for Stranger Things yeah uh, he's what I'd he's say. turning 11 10 but he's yeah yeah he's a real Oh no, guys, guess what I did? They love, like around here, when we talk about fairies, we're not talking about fairy gardens at hotels or, or forest parks. We're talking about the she, you know, we're talking it's about like, like the proper gonna, fae. Yeah, they're good. They're the ones are going to steal, gonna steal, yeah, steal the pretty babies yeah, and leave a changeling. Gonna, yeah. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah, changeling yeah. behavior, taking the bride at the wedding, that kind of yeah. thing. That's what my kids know. Shenanigans. So, shenanigans. Because I like, I think spooky nations should raise spooky kids. All Japanese kids should be spooky. All Irish kids should be spooky. That's just what I think. Love it. Uh, so, 100%. Um, 
when uh so he loves spooky things mm-hmm. so i thought he was ready for like a a, a pokemon copy pasta pokey pasta Oh my god, he was up all night. So what's oh. hang on, explain this to me. Okay. Pokemon. So you know, not copy pasta, creepy pasta. Creepy um, pasta, yeah. Creepy pasta, internet, um, internet lies, urban legends on the internet. And, right. Um, a lot of the Pokemon ones are a kid found a cartridge in the trash, and it was for Pokemon Black, but when he put it in. The only name you could have was like uh, you and all your Pokemon were like on one HP and their names were you must run, you will dot it this shit. Oh, okay. So there's Bums chest. They all usual oh brilliant. But yeah. I'm like I think he'd like like I think he'd like one of these because they're so fake. Like, yeah. They're just so shit. A kid is gifted Pokemon Fuchsia by his girlfriend. She bought it in a pawn store. They all start like that, right? And then, you know, uh, he's playing this game and he's trying to catch this Mew for like two days. And then eventually um, he looks up and his girlfriend's lying on the floor. And next thing you know, he's arrested. His girlfriend's lying on the floor. And they inspect the the Game Boy that he's been playing for three days. And it's not turned on and there's no game in it. <gasps> anyway, this shit, this shit. So I thought, oh, why am I saying this when my husband's going to hear? He's going to, we're going to have to have a family meeting about this. I'm like, it's, <laughs> it's 11 o'clock in the day. It's so sunny and bright. And these are so stupid that he'll get a kick out of this. No. It was, only, no. It was, it was like one. It was like, uh, what happened in this one? Oh, every player you beat in the game, like Pokemon faints, but the Pokemon dies in this game. But so does the trainer. And then at (gasps) the end, you meet all the ghosts and you have to beat all the ghosts of all the... So that, that's what I said. Oh my God. He was like, he was up at night, like, because he's got such a vivid imagination. Yeah. That they're so real. Like he... He's there with the kid taking the game cartridge out of the trash. And I just fucked him up for like three days. He'd be grand. Yeah. He'll be fine. (laughs) I saw Lost Boys when I was eight. Yeah, look, look, I'm I'm definitely in the camp of kids kids need a good scare every now and again. Not not to discard them, but to kind of, you know, get the blood pumping. Yeah. With that being said, also in moderation, like the yeah. other day, <clears throat> the new Monster High movie is out, right? Completely harmless, right. wonderful, bright, like it's got a good inclusion, actually. With me and Amelia had some good conversations about they, them pronouns and stuff like that as well afterwards. Very and because nice. uh, Frankie in the film in the film is they, them. And, um, right. But at the end of it, one of the characters dies and oh. meets the Grim Reaper. Oh, oh. Like, Oh. Out of nowhere, out of nowhere, in this colorful, bright, monster high universe, about and like there's a bit of a bit of darkness in it, but they're all like pastel colored creatures, like you know. Yeah. Okay. But all of a sudden, one of the characters dies, and standing right behind the character is literally this huge robed vision of death, 
the skull face and the huge scythe and they're like come with me and she's like no I don't want to and they they don't die and they go back to life but then at the end of the movie after credit sequence death comes for somebody else and oh, uh, setting up a final destination uh universe monster- yeah, Monster High Universe is all about the fucking death stalks everyone. Shit, all Monster of High. So, wow. But I had this great conversation. Like, Amelia's got an amazing imagination as well, but I keep having to remind her what's fantasy, what's real, so on and so forth. Yeah. And we have that conversation all the time. I just but get so I did pissed have... off with my parents for doing that. If that's not real, that's not real. But I understand the inclination. You don't like to see your kids pissing and shitting themselves over the Yeah. But like she'll Amelia is has a fantastic imagination that she's tell, telling so many different tales and all these different stories about stuff, and I kind of had to take it to take this moment and say, look, you know that that's not real. You know it's not real. You know it's somebody dressed up. You know it's somebody in a costume. You know that yeah. special effects, all that type of stuff. Yeah. But we had this great conversation about who the Grim Reaper is, and like, what does he do, and why is he there and why is he in this film and why is he going after that character and she was so invested in it and it was right before bedtime so she was just lying in bed going so daddy if the green reaper comes for anyone he just what he just swishes his big blade and then they have to go with him it's like generally that's what he does he reaps but like it's all fantasy it's not real so on and so forth she's like grand out like a light for so, now but the problem is they come back to you in two weeks with like uh, 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 like it can do, you think they've forgotten about it and they come back with like part three because they oh, yeah. filled in all these gaps themselves so yeah. how did you um i don't even know what the origin of the grim reaper is like where you know who's who came up with that originally it's a good question actually the origin of the grim reaper let's ask the google oh live on podcast we're googling yeah. So the moniker of the Grim Reaper is a reference to the personification of death who first appears in English literature in 1847 in the circle of human life. Okay. A partial translation of an earlier German dev- uh, devotional text from 1841 that tracks the life of a Christian. Um, so there you go. Um, yeah, so it's not, it's, not from a Terry, it's not from a Terry Pratchett novel, as a lot of us would probably think. Although um, that's the best version. That is, yeah, I mean, yeah, he, he does sound like Peter Serafinowicz. Yeah. Um, Ingmar yeah, so Bergman 18... disagrees. Does he? Yeah, well, there's uh, The Seventh Seal. That's a pretty cool version of him in that. There is, yeah. 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 But yeah, so there you go. So we'll we'll check back in in a couple of weeks and say, see how Vampire Princess Amelia uh, has yeah. processed the, uh, the Grim Reaper and what she thinks. Yes. Um, Rebecca's going as Wednesday for for Halloween, and yep. uh, she keeps. I can just see her practicing sometimes, and this is all she does. <laughs> I, uh, I I I lived up to my vinyl hearer and soundtrack hearer uh, monikers, self-imposed monikers. And um, mm. there the other day, uh, rocked into uh, Terror Records and picked up the uh, score for the Wednesday series. Because it's great. Oh, it, it's great. Idea. It's Danny Elfman and also Halloween Mots for Life. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Halloween Mots for Life. Uh, yeah, they are for life. They're not to be taken. We, we work very hard and we maintain Jill all year round. We don't want anyone swooping in and uh, <laughs> harvesting her. <laughs> when it's a way of life. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Um, I want yeah, to ask so, look- you hooker bots about something. Uh, Wayne, if you've Go got on. final thoughts about uh, horror, which you won't, because we'll be back. We'll be back before. 
the end mm-hmm. of the Halloween season. Sorry, do I have final thoughts about anything horror? Because or... uh, you, you, were, you weren't finished when I flew in there. Okay, well, uh, I'll carry on. I then. mean, like, just, just to say, like, that there's a fuck ton of movies out there. Go find them. Don't rely on the tat that has been pushed out through Hollywood alone. And uh, there's yeah. always some great independent horror available to find. Shudder, I'll, 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 I'll shout, although they were, AMC was bought out and they were part of that conglomerate, they still managed to produce some fantastic movies. Another one there called, if you're looking for a comedy horror, uh, Brooklyn 45, which is a supernatural horror comedy about ghosts and stuff. So go check that out. Um, like there's, there's so many things out there now that is can just wet your whistle. I have gone off the likes of American Horror Story because Ryan Murphy is just driving that thing into the ground. And the last, the, the, and the, the last, stuff. the last America, because I stuck with it for a long time because I was mad about that series. And the last one I watched was Double Feature. There's been a series since with some of the more original crew. Like I know, um, What's his face? Zachary Quinto is back for that season. And they were shooting the new one during the strike because fucking Kim Kardashian yes, it was involved. Fuck that. Yeah. Fuck that. Um, but it like the first three seasons are solid. Murder House, Asylum, and Coven are solid. Um, and Coven I'm all about because it's witches in New Orleans and Stevie Nicks and all that yeah. good stuff. But there is a very palpable, very real decline after that. Um, I kept going. I persevered. There were parts of some of the later seasons that were good, like Colt had some good bits. Um, Roanoke, the story within the story, I really liked that, you know, because it was was the story and and the 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 reenactment and all that kind of stuff. But it's just, yeah, Ryan, please maybe think about hanging up the L. Uh, kill your darlings. Kill your darlings. <laughs> yeah. Well, he does kill his darlings every season, but it's just right. like, maybe kill the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, needs to, it needs to die. I think, like, the fact that as soon as I heard Kim Kardashian was in the new season, I was done. I wasn't going to chime into anything because I just don't, I don't see the value of having anyone from that. No, I, I don't think I'm overstating it to say that I think she's the death of culture. Um, I see yeah. I will say that I can't play any of the games where they're like, type your name and this into the GIF bar and see what comes up. Because, yeah, I can't do any of that because it's 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 her, isn't it, folks? Uh, which season has Gaga? Gaga, that is Hotel, which is season five, I believe. Yeah. Hotel, that one, Hotel wasn't bad. I, I liked it. And again, it's the Sarah Paulson is fantastic no matter what season she's in yeah. no what no matter what character she's given but and equally evan peters is a fucking fantastic actor as well like the pair of them have carried that season that show particularly when the powerhouses have not come back for seasons the likes of francis conroy kathy bates angela bassett we only got for one but um yeah they're just like they're great but they're not enough. The story, there's there's not enough meat in the story to kind of right. keep you interested yeah. and to uh, warrant a whole ch- Like some of the story could have been condensed into a handful of episodes. And I've given the um, 
the the stories series ago as well. Billy Lo actually, to be fair, the um the series um was it nineteen eighty something? The one that's based on like eighties flasher movies yeah. is a bit of crack. And Billy Lord is a main character in that, and she's brilliant. She's so like her mom. Oh my god! But uh, she's she's great in it again. Like overall, there. Sorry, Ryan. I love you. I watched. I watched that Hollywood show of his. Oh God, it was cat. Was it? I oh, didn't. I didn't. So I didn't bad. venture into it. But Pose is amazing. Like he put an hour yeah. and a half. He he made it in about an hour and a half. It looked fabulous, but he was obviously making pose at the same time or something because Jesus Christ, he threw his arse yeah. at it. <laughs> it was actually po- pose, quite embarrassing in spots. Yeah, pose is probably one of the best things he's done since maybe the the third season of American Horror Story because that's short. It's condensed. It's, a, it's even it's a, it's that. Even that is getting fairly hokey. Like in season three, it's getting potsamosh. Po- Oh, it gets it gets very so. The thing about Pose, I found at the end was it was very soap opera-y and that everyone that could get a happy ending got a happy ending, and yes. we all know. In and that we reality, all know that's not the reality. That's not no, the reality. No, but like you know, I mean, that's the, exactly the, it, Wayne. I was wondering what it was. Yeah. It was the forced is the convergence of all the stuff to make things turn out okay. Yeah. When we know we know what the what the body count was in yeah. Yeah, the reality of the AIDS epidemic is particularly in that scene in New York yeah. at that time yeah was way higher like yes they do hit on the tragedy yes but, but they can't they, fucking resist the show tunes will you just live in it for a minute yeah. Ryan I, yeah. I, I yeah, yeah. but like yeah. I get it I get it like you know like they can like, they condensed all the tragedy into Billy Porter that was it they condensed yeah. all of the tragedy of the entire story into his character because he was such a beloved character, mm, and yeah. like that kind of that resurged his career significantly. That particular series, I felt anyway, because we started watching Pose, and all of a sudden Billy Porter was everywhere, yeah, uh, which is fantastic yeah. to see. Um, but it, I think, focusing the tragedy through his character, and then everyone else just has a, literally a happily ever after. Even mm. some of the characters kind of go. It shouldn't have been. Yeah, it shouldn't have been about pray tell. It should have been about the, the house mothers, you know, all, like, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, but look, sure. He's, he's you know, he's uh, very creative, uh, but he has a blank check in Hollywood. So, you know, things are going to happen sometimes. Mm. Uh, what was I going to say there? We were talking about, we're talking about Foles, we're talking about Ryan Murphy. I can't remember. Oh God, guys, I laughed so hard at a tweet yesterday. Uh, <laughs> are you allowed to the tweets anymore? Are, are we still reading tweets, are The congressman George Sanders got arrested and someone posted, my community, lying gays, are being attacked. And I just laughed so hard. <laughs> I'm like, congratulations. That's an excellent tweet. Did you, I did see uh, I did see that uh, Tommy Turboville attacked Joe, Joe Biden for not being able to walk down a set of stairs on an airplane. And then he proceeded to tumble and fall ass over tea kettle down a set of stairs on an airplane. Yeah. I, do you know so what I think is the best thing, Wayne? Bitch. Those yep. two things are the only things that are on Twitter now. So that's good. <laughs> Pretty sure that's the only topics being discussed. So moving on. Yeah. Moving on. Um, 
Yeah. There was. So here's the thing, right? I, I've i pretty much, I have seem to have dialed out of a lot of the Disney run shows like Marvel and Star Wars. A, a lot yeah. of late. I haven't. I watched Ahsoka. Yeah, now, well, I, I watched wanna, Ahsoka. Do you remember I said to you guys, I got a question for you. It was yeah. Ahsoka. We'll get to it. But Wayne, are you going to talk about this statement that they made? The statement that they made about... Okay, I think you should talk about Ahsoka and I'm going to pull it up because it's fucking revealing. Okay, Very I do know... Well, the thing is, I, I dialed out of the Marvel shows specifically because yeah. I Secret Invasion can go fuck itself after they used AI to create art for the intro sequence. That can suck mm. a dick. Even though they said um, that was on purpose, which I kind of understand. Uh, I had partly forgiven them for that because they wanted it to look shit and like an imposter. And I'm like, okay, you cunts. And then they threw that story at me and I'm like, oh, oh I'm afraid not. Oh, yeah. I'm afraid. I think not. I think I remember now what you're talking about. I think that's what I think yeah. that's kind of what I'm getting to yeah. in a yeah, weird yeah. way. I think I am. So I haven't watched Loki season two yet, even though I adored season one. I actually loved season one of Loki. I thought it was very well done. Um, but an article came out mm. about how Disney have managed their Marvel shows of late, and the reason why they mm. all feel so shit is because they weren't filming pilots. Yeah, they were filming it all as one piece and then dividing it up into pieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they were using reshoots and rewrites on set to piece together the pieces that didn't make sense. So they were oh, doing God, it, it like, oh god, they, they they weren't hiring like producers. They weren't hiring showrunners. So the mm. last show that had a showrunner was She Hook. That and makes sense. There was an actual vision in that show. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so She Hook was the last one that had a thing, but anything after that, there was nothing. Um, like I don't know whether the I'm trying to remember did the the Falcon and Winter Soldier have a showrunner? I don't know, but the I think if it's the article that you're looking at there, Kim, I think they might have listed a few things, but Secret Invasion was just slowly but surely put together over the space of it that wasn't filmed like a TV show. Everything mm. that explains everything. It was the muddiest, uh, directionless thing. And what a great premise. Literally none of these people might be who you think they are. None of them. Nobody there might be who, oh, you're going to just show me in the mirror beforehand? Oh. Yeah. Fuck, fuck your mistake. Like, you know, fuck your childlike wonder. No, look, look in the mirror, look. Ah, okay, now start the scene. It was insulting. It was actually <laughs> insulting. And um, yeah. and I I tried, bro. I tried to uh, I tried to be a, a I try I I tried to stay in because I you know a lot of people worked hard on those comics. A lot of people worked hard on those characters, and it's nice yeah. when they get a shot. And who mm-hmm. knows? It could be the next Andor. Everything I watch now, I'm like, this could be the next Andor. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was one episode in, and I'm like. Oh no, you oh, oh, this is for fools. Oh, I have I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm gonna go watch Pyro again. But thank you. Thank you for doing this. Imagine uh, thinking showrunner was an optional title. Mm. Wow. Why well, don't like you take the it, wheel, folks? 
Yeah, it really does speak to the to the reasoning. Like it adds more fuel to the fire of the whole strike thing and mm. the writer strike, the actor strike. That is still ongoing. Like they still on like, with the actors, yeah. The yeah. actors are still doing it. Like so, it's the writers have come to an agreement, but the actors are still going. They thought they had an agreement, and then they got got it thrown back in their face, and it all fell apart. So mm. like while it seems to have on social media, the news cycle has reverted to something else. It's still there, and. Yeah. It's like seeing this now with it's coming out with these revelations saying, oh, we're, we're going to approach our shows now differently because we tried it this one way that was literally just like, let's throw shit at the wall and see what sticks and then add more crap as it goes. Now they're kind of going, you know what? We need showrunners. We need writers rooms. We need to have people with proper input into these things. We can't just, you know, put some crap together and hope it works. Um, and I think, I don't know, it speaks to, it speaks to kind of the state of it. I think they were trying to, I don't know whether they were trying to do. It was was. It's not even guerrilla filmmaking. It's like, no, it's just bad. That suggests vibrancy mm. and liveliness. Uh, yeah, and it was spontaneity. Which... It was yeah. It was leaden, and it was like you get to the point. You get to the point in Bake Off or Glow Up where something's going awry, and you have a fucking choice. You either make a new sponge. Or wipe that shit off and start again with a different, with a cream-based powder. Or you keep building up your buttercream. Or you keep going with the watercolor. And just keep adding more. And and you're like, you know what you should have done half an hour ago. And now you can't. And now everyone on the internet is talking about how they'd rather drill out their eyes than watch your fucking... I can't even, I was trying to think of an example of a show I could throw in there. And I'm like, I'm so checked out. I couldn't even name one. I, I fell off Loki. I, I really enjoyed the first three or four episodes. And then they were really making me look at two people sitting on a bench with fake sky behind them for like 20 minutes. And I'm like, lads, I can't, I can't. I have things on. I, I can't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> He's going to watch that Drew Gooden video where he joins Kids Bop again. You know, why not? <laughs> Don't bore me. Don't bore me. Can't yeah. bore me. I saw Ashling B. I'm undiagnosed, folks, uh, with any sort of attention disorder. But anyone who's been at the podcast Christmas party could probably draw their own conclusions. But I am being assessed. So we'll see. But... Ashley B was talking about attention deficit disorder and she says boredom feels like grief. Like you're like, I need to remove myself from this feeling. I need to do I need to do something. I can't I I can't stay here in this. And yeah, uh, yeah so thanks for uh, causing that feeling, Marvel and Star Wars. Is wasting. Yeah. Wasting all the graphic artist's time so they can big up your fucking shit cake or your bad beat and uh, pass it off as, uh, oh my God, I really went on one there, sorry. Anyway, yeah, they're fucking tedious and I can't believe they've invented <laughs> showrunners. So thanks for that, folks. Thanks for that. That's great. <laughs> Bula bus. Can we give them a Bula bus, the boys who discover the showrunners are important? <laughs> God, my God. Yeah, I think it's across the board. They found that, that they realized, oh, we need this and we need we need we need a showrunner. We need a writer's room. It's important because for the longest time they were trying to get rid of writer's rooms. They were they were like being kind of pushed out of the system. 
Yeah. And that was one of the major reasonings behind the writers going on strike was the fact that they had a writing. I think we talked about this on podcast in the past. They had a writing yeah. budget, but they were like, no, you can't hire a writer's room. Hire two writers and then bring in a load of new bodies, pay them fuck all and have them yeah. rewrite your ideas and all that type of shit. Like, so the way they were handling it was all over the gaff. Mm. So the other thing was, is, like, the, one of the other terms, Wayne, is the biggest part of your career is when you've proved yourself in the writer's room and you're a senior writer and then they're like, OK, well, we need a couple of writers on set in case just a line isn't working or it's just not coming out of the actor right or whatever. So uh, they have a couple of writers on set doing changes on the go or giving the actors advice on how that's supposed to come off and stuff like that. That shit is the stuff that sends your career into the stratosphere. Once you're working on set, you're like, oh, why did I write that they had to come in to a pharmacy loaded with bottles with white things in? The fucking prop master is going to have my fucking ours. So they get uh, they get an insight into the mechanics, the, the mechanics of what they've written. And mm. they might write differently from then on. And then they start becoming from that that experience they end up being showrunners and directors and things like that and they were being stopped because once they got onto set they cost more they were just like yeah. no stay there we'll take it from here and so the project is going to suffer because i mean you know god bless those people who realized that chan andler bong could come out with a better line <laughs> than what they'd written and going for it you know and yeah. you know we all we all uh, reap the benefits there so like yeah they were just guys I'm going to say it I think capitalism isn't really working out so I'm saying. Mm. No, I think it's yeah I think you're going to have to try something new they're going to have to it's going to have it happens to... we all turn into socialists as we get older no we're supposed to be going we're supposed to be like I don't know um yelling at brown people in the in the pub I, I you know it's just the way capitalism has just failed so catastrophically they've uh even the old fucks like oh sorry not you Joe anyway uh <laughs> are uh are we're like oh no I think we're gonna have to march on Stalingrad like this is bad you know? yeah. we're supposed to get more right wing because we're richer we're supposed to no. be getting richer <laughs> Anyway, Jesus, yeah. somebody <laughs> lost that memo. Fuck's sake. <laughs> um, no, like, so, I mean, as myself and Jill have said, we've watched the Soka, and uh, I think this is the first Star Wars show that has come along, yeah, where there was required watching beforehand to get any of it. I I think it, it's yeah, I definitely think so because it's it, I agree, and I've watched. Uh, I've seen all of Clone Wars and Rebels and it was funny myself and Liam are currently working our way through Clone Wars we're on season season three no season four so Ventress is no longer Dooku's uh, apprentice she's gone back off to join the Dathomir sisters, that there's all other side missions happening. The father, the son, and the daughter have appeared. And, and we'll talk about that. More of us gods. And, yeah. uh, and uh, it is uh, the return of Darth Maul has been foreshadowed, but he's going to pop up at the end of the series. Um, and I've watched Kenobi. all of it. <laughs> Voiced by the wonderful, stupid, sexy Sam Winters. Uh, Whit- so, Marie- oh, did Peter Whit- 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 even- not get that gig again? Um, 
But no. yeah, I do. Sorry. Um, Rebels, I watched all of as well. And I do think that people who hadn't watched either, particularly if you haven't watched either, if you, it's Clone Wars, you have some context. Um, but if you haven't watched either, it must be a very different viewing experience watching Ahsoka. Um, yeah. So I felt, and you, you've watched all them as well. So we had the advantage going in. We knew a lot of the history and I don't know, like Ahsoka was introduced in the Clone Wars and I kind of fell in love with Snips. And I was very excited to see a live action Ahsoka, especially one played by Rosario Dawson. Yes. I've loved, I've loved her since Josie and the Pussycats. The um, of bisexual women. Nerdy bisexual women, because she's genuinely a giant nerd. And apparently she was a, a fan of the Ahsoka character before she got cast. Um, right. So I was, I was very excited at the prospect of seeing her in live action because I had the prior knowledge. So I had the investment before I had even seen it. Um, and from, <laughs> from watching comments made by uh, friends and acquaintances on social media over the, the run of Ahsoka, like it's, it's been a, quite a marmite show for some people. Yeah. Like it, people have either loved it or referred to it as Star Wars. Because um, there's a little, there's yeah. a lot of looking off into the distance, and <laughs> Rye, Rye looks at people, but but Ahsoka makes those looks in the cartoon. One second, she gets yeah. she gets um, them for mannequin. Broth, yeah. are you invested in Rosario Dawson? He has two eyes and a heart, Kim. Two eyes and a penis. Yes, yes, yes. Um. <laughs> so yeah, just just checking. You know, who knew how that answer was going to come? But uh, yeah, because the because guys, all I saw was clips posted. Yeah, and the clips were never posted. Going, look how good this is. Mm. You know, I was getting a very skewed view. I was going, well, that looks like shit. Very, very um, static um, and very uninteresting fight scenes. But I know that they were being like the worst things were being posted. So I don't, I don't have anything to offset that but yeah i i saw a lot of hate for it but that's what do you think wayne i i i really liked it i have to say i, I thought there was yeah i thought there was some really interesting see here's the thing right i think this is the series dave filoni has been waiting years to make i think this is the end of the story he's been trying to tell for donkeys so yeah, it's the amalgamation absolutely. of clone wars the amalgamation of rebels like this is now the heart of the lore of Star Wars. There is more lore in Filoni's run in everything he's done. Yeah. Star Wars related than there isn't anything Lucas has done on screen. So like if you know your Star Wars from Filoni's work, like I've like I've known Star Wars all my life and Filoni's put more lore into Star Wars than anyone else. Yeah, yes, a lot he, has been added. He was given, he was given the guidebook by Lucas, and the, the the lightsaber was passed to him for sure. But the whole thing, the one key thing that's now been seen in live action now that's teased for season two of Ahsoka, is the Mortis Gods. Yeah. No, Kim, you've seen Star Wars. Definitely season two. Yeah, there will be, there will be. It's they're gonna yeah. make a season two. But like people have watched this show, it has the numbers. Yeah. But, but 
Kim, you're you've seen Star Wars. You've been to Star Wars conventions. You've seen the movies. But if I never say the more Clone Wars, Wars never you, saw Rebels. Sure, but if I say the Mortis gods to you, do they sound like anything from Star Wars? No, um, sound like something from uh, what's your friend Neil Game? Like sure. my friend, my personal friend. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, like you're that's me. the thing, and they're a huge part of Filoni's lore. They are yeah. three, three, almost four central characters within his lore that is talking about the source of the Force, where the Force comes from. Oh, and it explains got... it, it explains it much better than any of the fucking midichlorian bullshit ever would. Yeah, I was going to say yes. it didn't end well the last time someone tried to define it. But, but this is hey. proper, proper lore. Sorry, you Wayne, know, you just mentioned episode one. It wasn't me. So could you step off? <laughs> and do your, you know, do I have to get the union involved? It's <laughs> my department. Bringing up episode one out of fucking nowhere is my is my job. So I just I don't okay. have the Midichlorians for it. Do I? No. Anyway, go on. So yes, okay. So there there's a there's a source. Yeah. And you so you if you know if you've watched all of the if you watched the Clone Wars if you watched what he did in the Clone Wars what he did in Rebels. You know, like the whole core of this is literally the it's following on from the finale of Rebels mm. and following also following Ahsoka's story. And I actually think partially as well, it's season two is going to be a large redemption arc for Anakin Skywalker. Because they're going to like we can talk about spoilers here if we want to. I don't know if we want to talk about spoilers. Want to say spoilers yeah. for people who are listening and watching. Well, spoilers just in case. Don't know how to tell you this, but he t- he turns out mad bad. Some <laughs> he's got a big dress and all. But, but this is this is this is the thing that I loved about the cartoon, and I'm rediscovering watching it with Liam is that Anakin's journey to becoming Darth Vader seems very condensed and quick in the movies, and it's something that Filoni explores, and there's this constant conflict with Anakin. And he has the responsibility of his apprentice, Ahsoka, um, and what she picks up from him. And, you know, the the expectation and the weight that's put upon him in the, in, in the storyline in the show of being the chosen one. Like, all of that, you don't know if you've only seen the movies. And it makes him a much more interesting character and a, more, a much deeper character. And also, I think... Hayden Christensen did deserve the flack that he got. He, no, um, direction, the poor fucker. Yeah, and it makes Anakin is much more interesting when you take into consideration the, the animated uh, universe as well. Yeah, and, and taking the animated universe into consideration, seeing what they do in Ahsoka with Anakin, mm. because again, spoilers, Anakin shows up yeah. in the show. Hayden Christensen is back in the role. We get to see a flashback with a young Ahsoka and Anakin in the Clone Wars. And with his, like, with his outfit from the fucking cartoon, it's amazing. With his outfit I, from the cartoon. I got yeah. so excited. I got see? I had a big nerd off. I had a big and nerd that's off. The, that's the reaction that people that have seen Filoni's work in the past with what he's done with these characters. Yeah. When that right. happened, the shots in that moment where and it's literally the so there's just like this fog condensed planetoid 
and there's yeah. clone troopers like Clone Wars clone troopers with the with the visors and the fins and they're running and you see Rex Rex is there in live action and like these are all characters from the Clone Wars cartoon and I'm looking at Kim's face going yeah but again if you're a Star Wars nerd and you know these characters when seeing that on the t on your screen at home watching yeah. it in live action is a but huge we know thing this. yeah we know like we know this again the balance between uh fan service seems like the wrong term but making your project accessible with to people who haven't done homework yeah is important but hard but I, I don't think this series is for those people. They this have no interest for, in, in opening that I don't up. think yeah. Filoni has... And it is for those this, people. Yeah. Those people can have Andor. Let us have a soak. <laughs> Cheers. This, this is for the fans that have watched the shows consistently since they first arrived. Since yeah. we first got the Clone Wars cartoon. This is for them. And I think people uh, that have I... not seen those... Yeah? Yeah, I'm a bugger. So uh, when the Clone Wars came out, I'm just trying to get the timeline... It was on, wasn't it on Disney XD or was that later? Yeah. Right. No, it was on, it was on, I'm trying to remember where it was. So I need to swear. Although I really want to call it um, Disney. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I get it. Um, I think the Clone Wars was on television at some point when we were living together. Yeah, I think I was in college when it started. It went on for a while, yeah. didn't it? Well, there was the now non-canonical, um, Candy. 2D animated Clone Wars, Phenomenal. which Phenomenal. is probably close to 20 years old at this stage. Is that not what you have been talking about? This no, well, this this is the, mm. the 3D show that started with the movie, and I want to say maybe it's at least 10 years old. The movie? Holy. It's, so there was There's a, a feature length animated yeah. movie, and then the show. Oh, Sorry. Okay, grand. Okay, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. So, okay. And the weird thing about the Clone Wars cartoon is that it was released out of order. Yes. Yeah, so that's also. you actually have to you have to get it collectively all together, and there's a watch guide online to teach oh you how God. to show you how to, how to watch it in the oh, correct order. I probably should have done that with Liam. We've been just watching it on Disney Plus. <laughs> oh, right. oh, that well, makes today sense. Today we learned. Yeah, today some of the episodes jump all over the gap. You kind of they do, they do. And you're kind of going, what? But and, and it's I don't know why they did it that way, but there's actually a view order you're meant to watch them in. And it is when you watch them in the view order, it's like um yes, and it does obviously yes, it does have its bad moments. It's not all top tier shit. But yeah. but when it's good, it's the best Star Wars you'll ever see. Um and when they start bringing in like Maul and his brother and all those other storylines that are leaked in with Darmir Dar the sisters and when Darth Maul finally finds when he finds Kenobi at the end, and it's like he goes to Tatooine, he files it, finds an old Obi Wan Kenobi, and he faces off against him, and it's like one of the most emotional. Yeah, it's one and of the most emotional no scenes. Oh, I can't remember the voice actor's name, but it's not. It's not you. Oh, it's the cartoon. It's, okay, 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 okay. It's the cartoon. Okay. So it's like, it's just this really. It's an iconic scene. It's, a, it's like mm. for Star Wars nerds. It's a huge iconic scene of the death of Darth Maul. And how basically Obi Wan takes him out like that, like he's like Obi Wan's a master at that point, and Darth Maul is still right. filled with anger, and he goes to and he's with anger. He he dropped yeah. up his teacher. He's the wrong one. Uh, yeah. No, Obi Wan. Oh, literally, it's two 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 strokes of the lightsaber, and he's done. 
And then he just yeah. turns somebody and he, he talks, asks him about Luke and he goes, will he bring balance? And Obi-Wan just goes, yep. And then Maul dies. It's so sad. Like It's an unbelievably mm. tragic storyline about Maul's continual failure over and over again of trying to get to where he wants to get to and it just completely fails all, all the time. And he just keeps getting pushed back by people and you know, and but there's some amazing moments with him and other characters where he na- navigates his way through, the, like Ezra, who's a character in the Sokka show, but has started in Rebels, and Kane and Jar, and all these other characters that yeah. Maul meets, and how he weaves himself into their story, and how Filoni wove that story, and also how he brings back in Rebels, he brings back, he brings into the current Star Wars universe a character from the Timothy Zahn books, Grand Admiral Thrawn, who, like for me, was like I read those books when they first came out in 1997. They were the they they started the resurgence in Star Wars. Yeah, those yeah. Three the Earth of the Empire trilogy started the resurgence in Star Wars after the final re-release of George Lucas's movies. Those books came out, and everyone lapped them up. They were like, "We haven't had new Star Wars in so long." And these were yeah. these were licensed by Lucasfilm, so they were like legitimate. And it was the beginning very good, of all very good. Of the expanded universe. So the villain in that was Grand Admiral Thrawn. Filoni took that character and took him out of that story, which then at that point, once Disney bought Star Wars, that became non-canical. Yeah. That point, it's canon. But that became non-canical. But he took that character and put him into the canonical universe. He's that good of a character. So he came back in Rebels, and we got to see an animated version of him. And now nice. it's Soka. Voiced by Lars Mikkelsen. Lars, isn't it? Mads, his brother. And 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 like he's very distinctive voice, and forever he'll be thrown to me. But the fact that they cast him and he like he looks phenomenal as as Thrawn. He's amazing. The the character design quietly intimidating. It's such a waste to to have a character that looked so fucking shit cool and what they did with him. So I'm glad he had a whole extended life out in the country. Uh, yeah, on the, on the farm and, and the uh, the fact that, like in the in the cartoon, and they have the extant the expanded story about Dathomir and where Maul came from, and obviously, as you mentioned, his brother and stuff. That I well, because I'm a spooky bitch, I loved that part of the series, um, and seeing Claudia Black. As the lead Dathomir witch in Ahsoka, I was like, oh I, my I did God. not know. I did not know it was Claudia oh, Black at all. Not. I was like, oh wow. I didn't I cop it until I saw, like, I saw after it was done, I saw pictures and I saw, like, it's her birthday today or yesterday or something. Is it? Oh, yeah. Happy birthday, Claudia Black. And somebody put up a picture of the Night Sister and then they put up Claudia Black and I was like, no. No. <sighs> so, yeah, look, I, I get why people wouldn't like Ahsoka, but I don't think the show was made for them. Yeah, that's well, that's good. I mean, I don't mind things being um, being more tailored. Yeah, you know, it's it's nice to have a vision. Uh, let's talk about let's talk about the real Star Wars tragedies, okay? Um, yeah. speaking of things that are no longer canonical, uh, I made a reference to it earlier because I reference it almost every day of my life. Um, the music style played in the cantina. Uh, has been called jizz for a very, yeah. very, very long time. Wayne, did you see the attempt at uh, reconning that? No. They renamed it. They renamed it. I want to just <gasps> check. 
They renamed it. How dare you? And it's something. Yeah. Jats. J-A-T-Z. So it's still a play on jazz, but one without any cajones. Yeah, it's called Jats now. Isn't it shite? So who's going to tell Max Rebo? Who's going to, who's going to, you know? So it, it was figuring down in the modal nodes where the where the Moss Eisley Cantina yes. band. Oh no, I've skipped on. I'm in I'm in Jedi oh, you're, now. You're you're um, you're in you're you're in Jabba's Palace now at this point. Yeah, I am um, with Max Rebo. I'm more yeah. of a, I'm more figuring down man myself, but I saw I actually oh, I think no, I you're a figuring down man. And <laughs> so um, I. I I think I might have seen something in this half arsedly on social media at some point where somebody tried to talk about this, but then the comments were just filled with like, ah, sure, nobody cares about this. I bet you can't even name the band in the scene in Moss Eisley. Excuse and, yourself. And I was straight in there. Now, straight in there. The dude was partially right because nobody was naming the band. Um, but I straight in was like, fucking figure down in the model nodes where the fucker don't yeah, start this. Yeah, don't start don't this. Or I'll get the werewolf on you. The werewolf that's back there. Um, uh, the other thing is, uh, figuring down. Oh, shit. What is the other thing? She came flying in, lads. Yeah, that got no, uh, that got no, uh, play. But I think it's because other people haven't been referencing the music style jizz. Uh, as frequently as I have. I went to search for that just uh, while you were talking about ah- Ahsoka. I said, I'll just, I'll just, because I couldn't remember Did you remember Google what they... Jizz? That must have been dangerous. Wait, wait. I was trying to find the new word. But yeah, I did kind of Google Jizz. And unfortunately, I'm logged in here on my, com- on my college login. So they're like, Hope your no, safe good. search is on. No, <laughs> no, I'm not looking up that Star Wars thing that you're talking about. So maybe that's why they did it. So people could talk about because uh, even if you're trying to do the Star Wars jizz, you're not going to find it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dear Lord, but no, yeah. I mean, Jill, that like, I mean, some of your favorite bits in the, in the Ahsoka show. Um, oh, some of my favorite bits, uh, Ahsoka and Sabine, uh, aspiring, uh, or her teaching Sabine. Um, shit, you've put me on the spot. Um, <laughs> can I can I just say, like, on the one hand, Ray Stevenson was phenomenal in in Ahsoka, and he yeah. is dearly missed by everybody involved in the show and anybody who's been a fan of his. Uh, Titus Polo forever. Um, but uh. The way they have set up that character with stuff from the cartoon and the lore, yeah. it would be while I he was he was so good. Balin Skull, um, wasn't that the character's name? Uh, Balin Skull, yeah. Balin Skull, um, while he was phenomenal as that character, it would be a shame if they don't recast and continue yes. with what they have seeded for that character. Yes. Um, and oh, I don't envy, I don't envy the casting director because then some big shoes to fill. Um, but he was brilliant and his, um, his apprentice is also Sh- very good. Shin Hati. 
Shane Hattie. I also want one of them horseback dog things that they were riding around the planet on. Yeah, they they're, cool. so, <laughs> they're so weird. They've got this weird elongated back face. Um, but they're the size of a small horse and they also make kind of doggy noises. Yeah, they're um, kind of like they're like giant dire wolves or something with long snouts that like they ride around on. Are real ugly. Yeah. Um shit. What else? Favorite moments in the show. What about you? What were your favorite moments? I just I loved that the I you know what's really weird? Everyone keeps giving out about the long stares off into the distance and the yeah, the kind of the pauses. I loved that there were quiet moments in this show. Yeah. I loved that the characters got to breathe. Yeah. I love the fact that like we got like Balan Skull is probably my favorite character in it. Yeah. And it's a damn shame Stevenson's gone. Like I mean, he'll be missed, tragically missed, because the gravitas he gave to that role, like straight away. He's so he's such a big man, such a broad man. Yeah. And to see him, even his he had like his his apprentice was a very diminutive young woman, like she like she was nifty. Like he was like brute force. He was big. His lightsaber strikes were just strong yeah. and deliberate. Like he literally his fight against Ahsoka uh, oh. in mid series is brilliant, unreal. And like, but like he it, to see that juxtaposition of those two characters as him being the big, large, imposing, but also extremely gentle. Like as somebody mm. who's meant to be a dark side user, his manner and he wasn't a shouty. He wasn't angry. He was just He's... like. He's dark side. He's not Sith. No, but he's like, he's he's purpose. His purpose is just like, he's focused on a purpose and that's Mm -hmm. it. He just doesn't believe in, in the Jedi way anymore because it failed him. Like he was there for the cleansing. He was there for order 66 and he saw the fail, the failure of the Jedi order. So he believed, right, but that way of life didn't work. I'm now going to turn to this. And he's essentially a Jedi mercenary, but mm. or a, a, like a, a, a force user mercenary. But it's that the calm moments of that character where he's just like brooding. And you know what's funny? I don't know. And maybe maybe when I say it, it'll seem like a very obvious comparison. But to me, it was Batman and Robin. That's what him and his apprentice were. It was Batman and Robin. Yeah, because he had that kind of brooding broad-shouldered like he's like the dark knight returns batman and he had his female cohort and female ward who was eager and wanted to be out there doing everything like now and fixing every problem now and he was like no he's so restrained yeah like very restrained and it was just and the way he like sabine comes into it and the, the ahsoka sabine relationship is very much a juxtaposition of that because of how ahsoka was like very reluctant to train her, but she mm. was eager to get to Ezra and wanted to find any way to do that and eager to move. And I think that, that again, it was the light. I think it's the whole, like, there's always two. So you have the, the dark side representation, then you have the light side representation because Ahsoka obviously goes full Gandalf towards the end of the season and goes from Ahsoka the Grey to Ahsoka the White. When Is she... her relationship with Sabine gay in any way? I need it for my studies. <laughs> No, it's no, it isn't because it's more of a if it's a master and apprentice, there's no kind of leaning that way. So, you know, okay. um, I'll put it on my chart. Yeah. And like it's I just think I just think they, they I, I don't see the problems with the long breaks and the, the silent moments because it gave the not not everything was urgent. 
they weren't rushing yeah. anything. They weren't forcing a story on you, which I think other Star Wars shows, they felt that that that, that pace wasn't given. And I think over the the episodes that we got, the story was well well written and well drawn oh. out to a degree that it wasn't too drawn out. And it wasn't that I was wishing for it to get to another point. I was happy to exist in the moment that was happening in front of me on screen. And that hasn't happened in a show for Star Wars for me in a very long time. That's right. a very long time. So I think that for me was my favourite thing about the show was that they didn't push things. Parts of it were extremely obvious and mm. plot points were extremely obvious where it was going to go. But I yeah. didn't mind because I didn't mind getting, I didn't mind the journey to get to that point because I yeah. enjoyed the characters that they had on the screen. So, yeah, I just felt, and I, overall, I think about well, the designs of the new Stormtroopers. Also, you know, uh, David Tennant bot. That's Huang. 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 That's a Huang. Um, he, he doesn't have a, it does, doesn't have a serial number. It has an actual name. And he is super old. Yeah. Because he was a he was a a droid that trained Jedi back in the old order, the old days. Yeah. Back back in the day. Before the dark times, before the Empire. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Look, I mean, look, the IMDB rating of Ahsoka right now is 7.8 out of 10. And I think. You know, yeah, that's better. Are... Like like a lot of shows, the, the people who didn't like it were very vocal. Yeah. Mm. More so than the people who did. I was surprised. I was watching you guys in real time talking about it and enjoying it. I'm like, oh, that's good. Everything I just saw looked very staid, looked very... Yeah, yeah, it looked like a green screen, people standing there in costumes that didn't seem to be that interesting. Um, but uh, I kind of knew it wasn't for me. Yeah, um, yeah. and it, it ended well. The second, just the, it ended on the the final episode of the season. Ended at a point where you're kind of going, I want to see where this story goes. It's not like there, there's a, there's moments like I've watched shows where, like, I couldn't be arsed. I'm like, oh, whatever. That's one season. I'm done. I, I, I might tune in for season two if, if I'm bothered. Mm. But it's okay. As soon as episode one of season two so comes out, I'll be watching it the day it drops. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah. That's good. Um, yeah. So, I mean, look, I think Disney have a lot to make up for. I think I think for most part now, a lot of the shows that they've done with Star Wars, they've been more missed and hit. Like season one mm. of Mandalorian was good. Um, yeah, that dropped Book of off. Boba, yeah, Book of Boba Fett. No, that was just a waste of 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 a character, multiple characters, and it just ended up being Mando season two point oh with right. the two point five. Uh, 2.5. What's your rating for yeah. Obi Wan? See, me and Jill differ on this, and I didn't like Obi Wan at all. I thought it was garbage, but I know I, Jill. I liked, liked it. it. Yeah. Why was that, Jill? I I actually and this this I think this is possibly the point that myself and Wayne uh, particularly disagree on. Um, I you didn't like how you felt that it wasn't the kick-ass Obi Wan that we know, like the Jedi Master. Um, you know, can take dozen droids down with one swoop. Um. I and he seemed quite 
weak and and what have you in this series whereas I liked the fact that they kind of treated treated it like he had post-traumatic stress disorder and that from what he had seen what he experienced what happened with Anakin all of that had had such an impact on him that it drove how he behaved and the choices that he made in the series I actually having watched Ahsoka now and really enjoy that and Andor since watching Obi-Wan I kind of want to go back and rewatch it and see like do I still agree that I enjoyed it or will it be garbage up against those two <laughs> mm. yeah yeah no I, I just I just found the pacing to be extremely awful I just think it was while I liked the drawn out moments in Ahsoka because it, it let those characters breathe because they were new to me some like not obviously not all but some of the ones that like that were new in the show i felt yes let's give these characters time to grow whereas at obi-wan these are all characters bar maybe a small handful that we these are characters that we all knew yeah. these are brand new characters they weren't they weren't brand new characters they were old characters that we all knew played by act for the most part played by actors that, that we all knew as well yeah and particularly with the mcgregor as obi-wan and i just felt that they just wasted it they wasted having him back as the character because we're never going to get that again he's not coming back as the character that's mm. it they've, they've oh, bridged that gap they blew it. there's nothing there's nothing else that's going to come after that but i think they wasted it on a plot that they took too long to get to anywhere where it's he seemed viable and they upped the up the return of anakin and darth vader as being mm. a big thing and their fight being a big thing and i felt it's so weak sauce there is a fan edit of of the series that I have mm. that has been edited into a two hour, two hour and change movie. Oh, it's yeah? meant to be fantastic. It's meant to be that they've cut down all of the chaff and they've put it in as a, they've, they've kind of condensed it to a degree where it makes more sense pacing wise and story wise. And there's less, less faffing about because they, they, they didn't, I think with me with Obi-Wan and I'm trying to remember it now, cause I've actually forgotten about a lot of it. Um, they focused too much on trying to figure out who the bad guy was mm. early on. There was all these different inquisitors that were milling about the gaff. And again, if you had seen the shows previous, the animated shows, stuff that involved the inquisitors, you knew that storyline, you kind of knew, well, that person's not dead. So why try to use that as a, as a crutch for a bit of a mm. bit of drama? It doesn't make sense. And like it, it, it just didn't feel right. I think the storytelling was just off ever so slightly for me, and it just kind of I could sense where it was wrong, and I just didn't like it. And I felt that they completely wasted you, McGregor. They, they kind of made very much, and I get the whole PTSD thing, hundred percent get that. But I just think for the show that it was, for what people as a fan base were expecting to get, for what they could have done, off. what they could have done, and then just. Right that's at the a end, big then. crime to waste an actor and uh, well, yeah i find that very hard to justify but uh, how many he times spent, did yeah. he say hello there i can't remember i don't know i don't, honestly don't know it's not good like enough it, it, it's not good enough yeah okay. i but that's the lack of impact it had like i will say that the young girl that they had playing uh the young leia was was fun she was brilliant yeah, she was fun. She was one of the Brilliant. highlights of the show. She was good, very well casted, very well cast. Um, uh, I I just think yeah, and then just that final scene 
just I just felt hollow. I just felt very hollow about the whole thing. I just didn't get that swell of feeling that I used to get when it came to Star Wars emotional moments. You know, I got more emotion out of Ahmed Best returning for that one little glimpse in The Mandalorian season three than I got out of the entirety of the Obi-Wan show. Which is like, right, that's oh, Obi-Wan's my favorite Jedi. Why don't I feel maybe that's it, though? Maybe that's why I didn't maybe like it. Maybe it's because Obi-Wan um, Kenobi, uh, although he did, you know, he had his own challenges. Um, he didn't in real life get bullied for about 10 years. So he didn't uh, he didn't need the same redemption as Maybe. Oh my god, the way they treated the way they treated him, the way they treated Jake Lloyd. There's yeah. I think there's a new circle of hell for people, the way they and the Monica Lewinsky people are in there too. Yep. Yeah. I just yeah. think Star Wars fandom as a whole early on. The yeah, the, the racists had a field day with Obi-Wan as well. They're mad at that. And and uh, yes. to the point where you McGregor had to come out and go, can you knock it the fuck off, please? Yeah. Mm. But like Star, the Star Wars fan base has a, a huge level of tox, toxic behavior. Huge. It's ridiculous. Like, I mean, it, as as early as the as the, early, the late 90s when it came to the Phantom Menace with Ackman Best and Jar Jar Binks um, and Jake Lloyd, all that type of stuff. It's just... It's this weird childish entitlement that we've spoken about so many times on podcasts. Mm. And Star Wars, Star Wars and a couple of other fandoms is rife with it because they think, think and it pretty Do you think it's the fandoms where if you have a question, they answer it? So you're like, how how did he get there? How did he lose the they're like they will provide companion pieces, um, extended universes. Uh, like anything like Doctor Who or Star Wars that has spin-offs, canonical novels, blah, 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 blah. They can get so over-familiar that they're like talking to another human being and saying, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. They turn around to like the person who actually played Padme and go, you don't know anything about Star Wars. And, and like, is it because they have done, is it like when people walk up to a podcaster and say something ridiculously personal because they've listened to them so much that they've built up this parasocial relationship with it? And they're like, I know you so well, I can talk to you any way I want. I feel like anything where you're provided with that amount of detail, yeah. you can get really in the weeds with things and then really outrageous. Now, I'm, I'll tell you something. I am off-putting, and it's not on purpose, especially um, about some of my specialist subjects. I'll be at a party with people I've never met, um, and I talk to a friend of a friend for the first time, and we'll just be talking about something, and they'll go, oh, do you like Drag Race? And I'm like, oh, my God, yes. We'll start talking about Drag Race. I guarantee you I will alienate that person in three sentences. You do. I go too. I go too far, and I've heard it. I've heard myself do it, and I'm like, "Don't do that the next time." Just say, "Oh yes, I like Bianca Del Rio. She is funny." Like, just fucking dial it back. Dial it back. Nobody's reading the subreddit. Get out of there. Just, 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 just pretend. Just blow this thing and go home, kid. Yeah, forget about figuring Dan. You don't know what figuring Dan is. Just call him Cocknose. Just. You know, who cares? That's Max cares? Rebo. Yeah, I know. I can't believe I just did that again. Well, uh, no. Well, no. Well, figuring Dan is 
Yeah, no, no it's more of a ball. Like it's a more of a ball. Ball socket. Yeah. More of a ball. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, like I've done it. I've done it. I will do it again. I will do it about things. And these people have my sympathy, but they really go off in online spaces. They really go off, and it's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that is part of it. It's the over over familiarization with the with a sense of entitlement and the sense that like you know i know these characters better than anyone i've yeah. lived my life with these characters so on and so forth and it's yeah. injecting your own personal kind of id into that space and thinking that you know it and yeah. it's yours injecting you your own jizz wayne yeah don't inject that. your own jizz what did you say the other name for it was now jats 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 yeah, don't inject don't inject jizz inject jats that's yeah. just what you want to do yeah. Um, Jesus. It's a soft relaunch yeah. as well. It was really snuck out there as just a just a general. I think I think it was like something from the parks that put it out there, and I'm like, excuse you, Ex- how very dare you take one of the most fun things about Star Wars away from me? Yeah, what a great like. That's like that's got to be one of the top ten pub quiz questions in the world. It's just. How dare you? Have you no decency, man? It's disgraceful, carry on altogether. Um, yeah, Jesus. I mean, we could switch gears on this and go from Star Wars to Star Trek if you want. Uh, you also been watching uh, Brave New Worlds? Is that what you're talking about? Strange New Lower Decks. Strange New Worlds and, and Lower I don't know whether we've talked about Stranger Worlds on podcast yet because they, they yes, had a whole season have. of it that was just joyous and yeah. filled with glee. You've definitely talked about it. Um, you've definitely talked about it, but I don't know up to what point just talked about mm. it. And Lower Decks as well is like currently in its fourth season and it's continually mm. excellent. But um, I think we should maybe save that for another episode where the, the story, the, the whole Lower Decks season is done and dusted. And yeah. after so much talk of Star Wars, having just a small conversation about Trek, I think it seems a bit unbalanced and unfair. Because I'm finding myself in my older age, maybe I'm not becoming more right-wing, but I'm definitely more of a Trek fan than a Star Wars fan in my older age. Because oh, God, yeah. Oh, I started not, to I'm not campaigning for, Cuba, uh, for communism, I just want a Trek-based society. Yeah, don't we all? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, yeah, just... The, the annual rewatch of all the Trek shows I think has become definitely for me I know Jill you probably doing it as well I don't do it annually but I did I did who were through um, DS9 earlier on the year it was funny because Liam started a rewatch and I was like oh that's a great idea I'll do that too and I finished it months ago uh, and he is he is on what season for season five um i'm trying to think the last episode kira was pregnant with o'brien's baby recently so that far in oh, okay so, um, get that head out. <laughs> 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 big irish heading him how do you know he's irish the big irish heading him yeah big malice <laughs> It is like Colomini has a has a conquer. It's a good one. Uh, yeah, good yeah. one. That, there's a fantastic, uh, fantastic meme of somebody has turned Colomini's head into a minion. 
So, but it's just <laughs> oh, his head. I see it, yeah. yeah. It's medium. just his head and a pair of dungarines and the goggles on his head. And it's just him with arms. Uh, it's dungarines. His uh, it's just his head. Um, it's like, it's unreal. Uh, I, have to, I have to find this. It, but it's like, it's scary, but also accurate. Um, yeah. <sighs> Here we go. <laughs> oh, focus. It's too bright on the screen. They can't see bright. it. The screen's too good. There we go. Well, that's <laughs> what is Wayne's phone. It's the fucking most advanced technology. It's been a long time since a phone has it's been been a while. Wow. Just, not show. since the 2000s. Not since when they were trying to compete for design. Not yeah. since they were trying to make them into a stick or trying to make them into it like that's not phone. Phones circle. were fun back then. I, yeah. I worked in mobile. I worked in mobile technology back then. I worked in I worked for O2 and yeah, the, the phones back then were fun to sell. The phones back then were fun to sell. They really, really were. They were so wacky and weird. And like you said, the ones there was ones that looked like slick lipstick, and there was ones that like flipped yeah. around. But yeah. they're starting this phone in particular, and like this phone in particular, it, for me is very much a phone phone now. It's an expensive fun phone with phone because I've really skinned it to look like the the, the, the pad <laughs> designs from Trek. And of course it does this as well. So it's like Oh my god. No. Oh. So yeah. It so it's like, like it is a Star Trek phone, literally. Yeah. But um yeah, I'm a nerd. What can I say? Um Folks, this has been a podcast. We're over an hour and a half in, so let's wrap it up. Uh, it's been loads of fun uh, to talk shite about stuff. Good um, luck getting a thumbnail that I'll uh, approve of, Wayne, because I was like... <laughs> you were just doing this, though. If we all just go down like this... Guys, did you see... Sorry, I know you're saying goodbye already, but did you see my present? What's this? It, it, this is oh, wow. my birthday present from Bras, and it's Why musical. Now, when it's working, it plays the, the treasure chest sting from Legend of Zelda. And oh, well. it's, it's manga. Oh, wow. It's so oh, For folks that aren't, aren't watching this on video, Kim has a pretty box. <laughs> she does. Yeah. It's a Legend of Zelda box filled with Legend of Zelda manga. Manga. Which is amazing. Oh, so it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's backwards and all. Yeah, my fella, my fella like that when he's when he's down next month. Oh yeah. Give him an yeah. at your box. We have to, yeah, we have to talk about that. But um yeah. yeah. Talk about cool. that. Right, folks. Uh, this is <laughs> Sorry, I just Thank let the breeze having a <laughs> yeah. shelfie at your box. Just go right over my head. I'm losing it. <laughs> completely, completely losing. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, I'm Wayne. I've been Jill. Till next time, folks. Have a good one. See you later.